this evening. We're going to be we're going to be in uh, in and around two Chronicles, chapter sixteen. When the last time you had your Bibles open at there, this will be the point where somebody at the end of the service will be like, "Oh, I read that this week in my quiet time." And in a couple of minutes, um, Maggie's going to read some verses um, uh, for us. But I, I always think it's worth kind of landing ourselves. You know, when you open a map uh, and you're in the countryside, you've got to first of all locate where you are in order to know how to get to where you're going. Um, so, you know, we're rewinding here almost 3,000 years. Um, we have had King David. We've had King Solomon. After them, we discover that God's people uh, split into two. Uh, you have the northern kingdom. Uh, they retain the name Israel. And you have the southern kingdom. Uh, and they have the, they're, they're called Judah. And we're three kings into the life of the southern kingdom. Uh, fortunately, it's a king with a relatively easy name to say, Asa. Uh, and at the start of his reign, uh, we read about it in 2 Chronicles 14. At verse 2, we're told Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Gives us hope, doesn't it? Gives us encouragement for his story. And then when we land in chapter 16, we're, we're 36 years on. He's been in the job for a fair while now. And we find that King Asa and the people of Judah are in a pickle. They're in a tight spot. Uh, the northern kingdom has kind of come down to the border and is building a city to block them. So they can't get out on the kind of trade routes to go north. So that they're, they're stuck in their land. They're squashed and they're squeezed. And so Asa decides to sort things out. It's as if he goes over the northern kingdom to the next country uh, behind Israel. He goes to the country of Aram, uh, you know, a, a fairly a fairly major play. And he goes to the king of Aram, who's called Ben-Hadad, and he says, I will give you a stash of silver and gold if you could just start a bit of a war on the board, your border with the northern kingdom Israel. Because it will distract them from what they're doing to us, because they'll all rush up to defend themselves, and we can breathe easy for a while. Ben-Hadad looks at the stash of silver and gold before him and goes, okay. He starts this little little war on his border. And of course, the northern kingdom, they rush up to defend themselves. Uh, and the border uh, with the southern kingdom, Judea, is, um, Judah, is, is, you know, the pressure's taken off. And you can just imagine uh, Asa in his courts kind of getting a round of applause. Great bit of work there. Absolutely stunning. Really bright. Really clever. Uh, really well done. Really good. God's people are safe for a while. He's done a shrewd bit of business as King Asa. And this evening, I'm going to pick up at what God had to say. So, um, Maggie, I'm going to come to you with the microphone because there's a lot of things I might trip over uh, down here. So I think fewer people up here, the better. Um, and Maggie's just going to read, I think, verses 7 to 9 of 2 Chronicles, chapter 16. At that time... Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord, your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. 
Were not the Cushites and Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on you will be at war. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Sometimes it's worth going into unknown territory. Isn't that a fantastic verse? The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. That is an encouragement for us to, to take hold of this evening. And if you don't remember anything else... From tonight, remember that verse. If you don't want to listen to me tonight, that's fine. Have have two Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9, open in front of you and learn it. So it goes from here to here. Treasure it. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What is it that God goes around looking to do? You know those great images, um, in the Bible, of, of eyes, the eyes on the throne in um, Ezekiel and the, the, the horses that go around in, in, uh, in Zechariah. God sends out his, his, his messengers to, to, to look what's going on. What's he looking to do? What is the Lord looking to do amongst his people? He is going around looking in order to strengthen. How can I, how can I strengthen my people? That is the God we, we, in whose name we meet this evening. That's the God we worship. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Here is the God who strengthens his people. Why, why do we need to hear that this evening? Um, I've got four reasons, kind of in order of importance from probably least important to most important. Uh, the first one is, my friend this week shared this verse with me, and it kind of resonated, and I went, brilliant. That's been such an encouragement for me. That's why I'm kind of standing with it here this evening. And I thought I'd share it with you. Uh, second one, second reason, just it's the time of year, isn't it? Now, I cycled here. My fingers are cold. It's dark. It's wet. It's a little harder to be motivated. We probably aren't feeling our strongest. We are not only cold, but most of us have colds. We want to be strengthened, right? Two bigger reasons. I, I imagine, and knowing lots of you fairly well, all of us have in our stories at the moment some things that feel big, some feels, things that feel like they're blocking us, and maybe not on the scale of uh, another nation building a city to block our border, but there's stuff in each of our lives that feels like it's blocking us in. Stuff for us personally. There's also stuff going on for us as a church. Maybe, maybe the one that, that, that feels most live at the moment is, is thinking about Cafe 55. It's extraordinarily exciting. For end of January, beginning of February, it's, it's going to be a real thing. We're going to be in there. You're going to be drinking coffee in there. You're going to be eating in there. You're going to be meeting people there. It's going to suddenly be this place of a welcoming community of help and hope for all. And God has wonderfully provided for us. You know, when we gave the green light to this project um, almost a year ago, 
we knew we had 80% of the funding in place. We now have 85% of the funding in place. But what we also have is a deadline uh, where bills have to be paid. And so we still need to find that 15%. And, and perhaps it, you know, what's really exciting, maybe that could feel like a bit of a block to us. Where, where do we find this money? Where, 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 where do we find this money? Yeah, we're going to work hard. We're going to be creative carefully. But let's this evening be strengthened by the Lord for that. And then the last reason, probably the most important reason why I think we need to hear 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. And it comes from looking at Asa's life. We heard in the verses that Maggie read a a time before uh, when Asa and God's people, they had to face the mighty armies. Who were they? The, The Cushites and the Libyans, a mighty army with a great number of chariots and horsemen. We hear how he relied on the Lord. They were delivered. And here we are, 36 years later, and it seems like King Asa has gone off the boil, spiritually. Maybe he's had 36 years where life's been peaceful and comfortable, relatively easy. And then something, something that's tricky has popped up. And he goes, I've got this. I've got this covered. He ignores the God he strengthens. I wonder how many of us through our lives are potentially at risk of going off the boil. We've become comfortable. We kind of get how life works. And when something a bit tricky comes up, we kind of go, I've got what I need to sort this out. So I think that's why we need to hear tonight. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And I just want to look at Asa's earlier life, just to encourage us to to think about what what does it look like for God to strengthen us? What does it look like? Uh, Just three ways. Um, So I'm going to flick back a page. I'm going to to start at 2 Chronicles at 14 and uh, pick things up at um, at verse 8. So imagine this is is fairly early on in in Asa's, Asa's reign. We're told Asa had an army. 300,000 men from Judah, equipped with large shields, spears, 280,000 from Benjamin, armed with small shields and bows. All these were brave fighting men. I don't know, you read that verse and you kind of think, That's, that sounds quite impressive. Have I done the maths right to think there's, there's more than half a million people there in his army? I've done the maths right. Nobody's nodding at me. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I think that's right. I mean, it sounds, it sounds great, doesn't it? It sounds like, you know, it sounds sensible for that, that nation, I guess. We read on. Verse 9, we're told, Zerah the Cushite marched out against them with an army of thousands upon thousands and 300 chariots and came up as far as Maresha. Asa went out to meet him and they took up battle positions in the valley of, oh, goodness me, Zephathah, near Maresha. Asa's got a big army. Essentially, Zerah, the Cushite, has got a bigger army. Asa's army, well, they've got shields and spears. They've also got small shields and bows. Zerah's got 300 chariots. 
That's like turning up with your army on horseback and finding you're fighting against tanks. So what does Asa do? Does he find a nearby neighboring country who's got a bigger army, a better army, more military equipment? Uh, does he come up with some absolutely ingenious tactics to win? 2 Chronicles 14, verse 11. And Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Asa calls upon the Lord. And do you see how he owns his and his people's weakness? He owns it, doesn't he? How does God strengthen he strengthens when we own our weakness. The God who strengthens is the God who helps the powerless against the mighty. If you're in need of strength this evening, you need to own your weakness. We read on, uh, verse, verse 11 again. Uh, then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord our God. For we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this vast army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere mortals prevail against you. You've got to love Asa's instinctive reaction of turning to prayer. He's surveying the potential battlefield in front of him. And going, almost as it, it, it says, a couple of chapters on in 2 Chronicles, um, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Ace is in the battlefield. He's in the thick of it. Sometimes God puts us in the thick of it as a way of reminding us again of our weakness. And I need to turn to him and to seek him. To Asa calls to the Lord. He, he cries out for help, doesn't he? He relies on the name of the Lord. He relies on all that God has revealed about himself, of who he is. How much more can we than Asa do that? Because we can see that the fullness of God revealed in Jesus. Now, the cross of Jesus and Jesus' empty tomb, just telling us how much we need to rely on God. And how much we can rely on God. Asa waits for the Lord. It doesn't mean uh, not, not doing anything. But it does mean getting on his knees. How does God strengthen when we wait on him, when we wait on the Lord? We, just can, we can read on verses 12 to 15. We're told the Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah. The Cushites fled and Asa and his army pursued them as far as Gerara. Such a great number of Cushites fell that they could not recover. They were crushed before the Lord and his forces. The men of Judah carried off a large amount of plunder. They destroyed all the villages around Gerah, for the terror of the Lord had fallen on them. They looted all these villages, since there was much plunder there. They also attacked the camps of the herdsmen and carried off droves of sheep and goats and camels. Then they returned to Jerusalem. You notice we're not told there, are we, how the Lord um, defeated the Cushites, how he struck them down. It's very likely that God's people went into battle. It's not like they did nothing. Waiting upon the Lord does not mean sitting down, twiddling your thumbs and going, well, God, you better turn up and do something. What it does mean is before we dive into anything, we're on our knees. We're praying. We're seeking the Holy Spirit to lead us, to prompt us, 
to nudge us, to convict us, to excite us. I wonder how often you, like me, dive into something at 100 miles an hour, going, I've got this, I've got this. And then when you realize you've not got this, you turn to prayer. Prayer is not the safety net. Prayer is the first place we go. I guess the other the other thing that might be true of us is that over the years we've just got a bit cynical. I don't really need to bother praying. I've probably got this covered. I've just got to get on with what's in front of us. Maybe that could be our temptation with Cafe 55. You know, we've got some options of funding that we can explore and uh, different things that we can do. And we just need to get on with it, right? And yeah, you'll see on the letter there are uh, three things you can be doing. You could be looking to make a donation. You could be looking to give us an interest-free loan. You could be uh, looking to support the crowdfunding. But first thing we've got to do is, is to pray. To pray to the generous God who provides. The God who strengthens. We pray, help us, Lord God. You are our God. We rely on you. God strengthens when we own our weakness. God strengthens when we wait on him. And God strengthens through his word. So the story goes on into chapter 15. The spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa and he said to me, he said to him, listen to me, Asa, and all Judea, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he'll be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God without a priest to teach and without the Lord. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. In those days, it was not safe to travel about, for all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, and one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. But as for you, be strong. Do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. When Asa heard these words of the prophecy of Azariah, the son of Oded, the prophet, he took courage. He took courage. God strengthens us by speaking his word to us. Now, the Lord brings uh, uh, before Asa his, his word. It's a word of invitation. It's a word of grace. It's a word of hope. It's a word to Asa that he's going in the right direction. And it strengthens him. He takes courage from it. How quickly we miss out or give up on daily strengthening that is available to anybody each day just simply by opening up God's word to us. A a time when we get to encounter Jesus again and again and again. To give us courage as those who belong to him in a world where it's not always safe to travel as a follower of Jesus. And that's not to say every time you open your Bible, you will, you will find a verse and be like, oh my goodness me, that is the best thing ever. I must memorize it and learn it and it will stick with you all day and you'll talk about it with everybody. Sometimes that happens. But there's just that daily, uh, subtle strengthening that comes from opening our Bibles each day to hear God's word as he strengthens us. And there was a unique sense in which the Spirit of God came upon Azariah to give this, this prophetic word. But can I encourage us that, that we have the same Holy Spirit in our lives as followers of Jesus? 
And, and we have the ability to speak God's word as he's given it to us, to one another. There are plenty of times where we need to be quiet on our own and open the Bible. There are other times when we need friends. Like my friend this week, he pointed me to this verse. And I'm so grateful to, to those of you who sometimes share a verse with me or text me something. I, this is an encouragement. What about this? We seek to strengthen one another through God's word. How does God strengthen? When you're weak. How does God strengthen? When we wait. How does God strengthen? With his word. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What does it look like to have hearts that are fully committed to him? Well, surely that means when we're weak, when we're waiting, and when we're ready to receive a word from the Lord. Wonder, will you receive that word tonight? For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him.